0: Hey, good evening everybody. I hope everybody had a good Mother's Day. Uh happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day <laughs> to the fathers out there who are single dads playing the mom and the dad role. Um I'm 2 days late on wanting to put out <laughs> Exodus 2. I wanted to put out it uh one uh chapter every single day, but you know, there's so much stuff going on me and my wife have been traveling. Pray for my wife, our little boy. Uh, as you know, if I as I've put out on Facebook and stuff, where there's some complications going on, but just keep praying. We trust the Lord that he's going to, to make everything all right. Uh, he's got a plan for our, our baby boy. And then, of course, Kenzie is excited about um, the new boy coming, the new addition. Like I said, we're occupying the time. God says I'm doing a new thing, so... All the glory to God. We need to just continue to stay and remain in Him, renew our minds in the Spirit, working out our salvation every single day, carrying our crosses, believing and carrying our crosses and following Him. All right, I'm going to go ahead and start on Exodus chapter 2. I've broke down stuff. Um, I'm also going to use different chapters, but this is all has to do with uh, Exodus 2. Um, I keep telling people that history repeats itself and we are in the Exodus Um, and that our captivity ended basically September 2017 with the Revelation 12 sign. So they're throwing all this wickedness at us. They're deceiving people and trying to lead them to their demise because the captivity is over and we're trying to wake people up in Christ to know that there's nothing to fear the Lord is coming for his remnant and everybody's allowing their fear and emotions to dictate to them, literally leading them to their demise with the shot and this whole one world system. That's why I keep telling people the Lord says in the Bible they will hide themselves in bunkers and caves and and, and underground and um, they got underground cities. They're they they they're making it look like they're still a government. They use these holograms and green screens, but Like I tell people, Daniel, the golden calf, Trump, the last Trump, telling us that that was the last president. Uh, We have one more king as the eighth king, and that's the son of perdition. Um, There's no ninth, tenth, or eleventh, and people are afraid to face the truth, but the truth will set you free. Fear will initially help you run to the Lord, then there's no more fear anymore, right? So... Once again, I'm not trying to get off task, but I'm going to go ahead and start Exodus 2, chapter 2. I'm going to go 1 through 4, and like I said, I'm going <clears> to <throat> break it down, just listen. Um, and I use other chapters, too, that you can go back to, That, but this is all has to do with Exodus 2. Um, so here I go. <clears throat> uh, this is Exodus 2. Chapter 2, verses 1-4. through And then when I get to the next section and so on, uh, I'll let you know. Listen to what the Word of God is saying. Listen to what God is saying through the Scriptures. Go back and pray on it. Take it to the Lord. Don't take my word for it. Go back and find and ask the Lord to help you understand. Because we can always go back to Scripture and find more and more hidden messages in there. There's so much to learn. Okay, it says... Uh, I'm gonna read it how I broke it down or how I'd have it up on the screen um, but go back and read chapter two from from the uh, the Bible and I'm just gonna go on how I broke it down so it'll you won't be able to follow along necessarily um, and then like I said, go back and read chapter two of exodus and and um Ask the Lord to help you understand more. Here I go. Moses was a Levite, both by father and mother. Jacob left Levi under marks of disgrace. Genesis 49.5 And yet, soon after, Moses appears a descendant from him that he might typify Christ who came in the likeness of sinful flesh and was made a curse for us. This tribe... Began to be distinguished from the rest by the birth of Moses as afterwards it became remarkable in many other instances observe concerning this newborn infant says how he was hidden. It seems to have been just at the time of his birth that the cruel law was made for the murder of all the male children of, his, of the Hebrews. Remember, they're wanting to, back in chapter one, they're wanting to do away with all the male, male children. So his mom had to hide him. His mom had to hide him for three months. Um, she hid him for three months. And then many no doubt perished by the execution of it. The Egyptians were the ones ruling during this time. The parents of Moses had Miraman and Aaron, both older than he, born to them before this edit came out. And had nursed them without that peril. But those that begin the world in peace know not what troubles they may meet with before they had, before they have got through it. Probably the mother of Moses was fully was full of anxiety and the expectation of his birth. Now that this edict was in force and was ready to say, blessed are the barren that never bore. Luke 23, 29. Better so than bring forth children to the murderer, Hosea 19, I mean, I'm sorry, nine thirteen. Yet this child proves the glory of his father's house. Thus that which is most... Our fear often proves in the issue most our joy. Observe the beauty of the providence. Just at the time when Pharaoh's cruelty rose to this height, the deliverer was born. Moses, the deliverer. Remember, he led the Israelites out of captivity. Though he did not appear for many years after. Note, when men are projecting the church's ruin, God is preparing for its salvation. Moses, who was afterwards to bring Israel out of, the, out of this house of bondage, was himself in danger of falling a sacrifice to the fury of the oppressor, God so ordering it that being afterwards told of, told of this, he might be the more animated with a holy zeal for the deliverance of his brethren out of the hands of such bloody men. His parents observed him to be a goodly child more than ordinarily beautiful. He was fair to God, Acts 7.20. They fancied he had a lustry in his countenance that was something more than human and was a specimen of the shining of his face afterwards, Exodus 34.29. You can go back and look at all these these, uh, chapters and verses. Note, God sometimes gives early earnest of his gifts and manifests them... Manifest himself be times in those for whom and by whom he designs to do great things. So he calls on people who you wouldn't think that he would call upon, right? He doesn't go to the self-righteous. So he he goes to the people that are broken, right? Thus, he put an early strength into Samson, Judge 13, 24 and 25, an early forwardness into Samuel, 1 Samuel 2.18 Wrought an early deliverance for David. 1 Samuel 17.37 And began betimes with Timothy. 2 Timothy 3.15 Therefore were the most solicitous for his preservation because they looked upon this as an indication of some kind of purpose of God concerning him. And a happy omen of something great. Note, a lively act of faith can take encouragement from the least intimation of the divine favor. A merciful hint of providence will encourage those whose spirits make diligent search. Three months, they hid him in some private apartment of their own house, though probably with the hazard of their own lives, he had been discovered. Herein, Moses was a type of Christ who in his infancy was forced to abscond and in Egypt too, and was wonderfully preserved when many innocents, when many innocent were butchered. It is said, Hebrews 11:23, that the parents of Moses hid him by faith. Some think they had a special revelation to them that the deliverer should spring from their loins. However, They had the general promise of Israel's preservation, I cannot speak tonight, preservation, which they acted faith upon and in the faith hid their child, not being afraid of the penalty annexed to the king's commandments. Note, faith in God's promises is so far from superseding that it rather excites and quickens to the use of lawful means for the obtaining of mercy, God's grace, mercy, Duty is ours. Events are God's. Again, faith in God, faith in God will set us above the ensnaring fear of men. How he was exposed at three months in, probably when the searchers came about to look for the concealed concealed children so that they could not hide him any longer. Their faith, perhaps beginning now to fail. They put him in an ark of bulrushes by the river's brink. Verse three and set his little sister at some distance to watch what would become of him and into whose hands he would fall. Verse four, God put it into their hearts to do this, to bring about his own purposes that Moses might be, might be, might by these means be brought into the hands of Pharaoh's daughter that by his deliverance from his imminent, imminent dangerous specimen, might be given of the deliverance of God's church, which now lay thus exposed. Note, God takes special care of the outcasts of Israel. Psalms 147.2 They are His outcasts. Isaiah 16.4 Moses seemed quite abandoned by his own friends. Aren't we all going through that right now? Family members, friends, we think we're abandoned, but God is pulling you away from them. His own mother durst not own him. But now the Lord took him up and protected him. Psalms twenty-seven ten. <clears throat> In the times of extreme difficulty, it is good to venture upon the providences of God. Thus to have exposed their child while they might have preserved it would have been to tempt providence. But when they could not, it was to trust providence. Nothing venture, nothing win. If I perish, I perish. Remember, we don't fear man. We trust in the Lord. It's not being puffed up. It's not being puffed up. Because if something was to happen to you, you would get to go be with the Lord forever. And that's where we want to go anyways. So you give your life to save a soul, right? All right, this is Exodus 2, 5 through 10. Okay, here it is. Moses saved from perishing. Come see the place where that great man lay. When he was a little child, he lay in a bulrush basket by the riverside. Had he been left to lie there, he must have perished in a little time with hunger. If he had not been sooner washed into the river or devoured by a crocodile, had he fallen into any other hands than those he did fall into? Either they would not or durst not have done otherwise than have thrown him straight away into the river. But, providence brings no less a person thither than pharaoh's daughter just at the juncture guides her to the place where this poor infant lay and inclines her heart to pity it which she dares do when none else durst. never did poor child cry so seasonably so happily as this did the baby wept which moved the compassion of the princess as no doubt his beauty did remember it talked about how beautiful he was verse 5 and 6 note those are hard hearted indeed that have not a tender compassion for helpless infancy how does god represent his compassion for the israelites in general considered in this pitiable state ezekiel 16:5 and 6 It is very commendable in a person's of quality to take of the distresses of the meanest and to be helpful and charitable to them. God's care of us in our infancy ought to be often made mention of by us to his praise. Though we were not exposed that we were not was God's mercy, yet many were the perils we were surrounded with in our infancy, out of which the Lord delivered us. Psalms 22, 9 and 10, God often raises up friends for his people, even among their enemies. Pharaoh cruelly seeks Israel's destruction, but his own daughter, compassionately, a Hebrew child, and not only so, but beyond her intention, preserves Israel's deliverer. O oh Lord, how, one, how wonderful are thy counsels. Moses well provided with a good nurse, no worse than his own dear mother. Verses seven through nine. Pharaoh's daughter thinks it's convenient that he should have a Hebrew nurse. Pity that so fair a child should be suckled by a saber myrrh. And the sister of Moses with art and good management introduces the mother into the place of a nurse to the great advantage of the child from mother's are the best nurses and those who received the blessings of the breasts with those of the womb are not just if they give them not to those for whose sake they received him. It was also an unspeakable satisfaction to the mother who received her son as life from the dead and now could enjoy him without fear. So the nurse that they went and got the maid went and got was actually his mother Crazy, huh? <laughs> the transport of her joy upon this happy turn, we may suppose sufficient to betray her to be the true mother. Had there been any suspicion of it, a less discerning eye than that of Solomon. First Kings three twenty-seven, 27. M- Moses prepared, preferred to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 10. His parents, perhaps not only yielding it necessity, having nursed him for her, but too much pleased with the honor thereby done to their son for the smiles of the world are stronger temptations than its frowns and more difficult to resist. The traditions of the Jew Jews is that Pharaoh's daughter had no child of her own and that she was the only child of her father so that when he was adopted for a son, he stood fair for the crown. However, it is certain he stood fair for the best of the court in due time and in the meantime had the advantage of the best education and improvements of the court with the help of which having a great genius he became master of all the lawful learning of the egyptians act 7:22. note providence pleases itself sometimes in raising the poor out of the dust to set them among princes, Psalms 113, 7 and 8. Many who by their birth seem marked for obscurity and poverty by surprising events of providence are brought to sit at the upper end of the world to make men know that heavens does rule. Those whom God designs for great services, he finds out ways to qualify and prepare beforehand. Moses, by having his education in a court, is the fitter to be a prince and king in Jeshurun. By having his education in a learned court for such the Egyptian then was, is the fitter to be a historian. And by having his education in the court of Egypt, is the fitter to be employed in the name of God as an ambassador to that court. Moses named The Jews tell us that his father at his circumcision called him Joachim, but Pharaoh's daughter called him Moses. Draw out of the water so it signifies the Egyptian language. The calling of the Jewish lawgiver by an Egyptian name is a happy omen to the Gentile world and gives hopes of that day when it shall be said, Blessed be Egypt, my people, Isaiah 19 twenty five, and his tuition at court was an earnest of the performance of that promise. Isaiah forty-nine twenty-three King shall be thy nursing fathers, and queens thy nursing mothers. Uh, this is verses eleven through fifteen. Moses had now passed the first forty years of his life in the court of Pharaoh, preparing himself for business, and now it was time for him to enter upon action. He boldly owns and exposes, expouses the cause of God's people. When Moses was grown, he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. Verse 11. The best exposition of these words we have from an inspired pen. Hebrews 11, 24 through 26, where we are told that by this he expressed his holy contempt of the honors and pleasures of the Egyptian court. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter for he went out. The temptation was indeed very strong. He had a fair opportunity as we say to make his fortune and to have been serviceable to Egypt too. With his interest at court, he was obliged in gratitude as well as interest to Pharaoh's daughter. And yet he obtained a glorious victory by faith over his temptation He reckoned it much more, his honor and advantage to be the son of Abraham than to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter, his tender concern for his poor brethren in bondage with whom though he might easily have avoided it. He chose, he chose to suffer affliction. So when you serve the Lord, you choose to suffer affliction. Remember that we got to be uncomfortable. We got to get uncomfortable. God wants us uncomfortable. So if you serve the Lord, you're going to be happy. You're going to be set free. But there's going to be trials and tribulations. And we have to take it on. Because that's what happens when you follow the Lord. But there's something glorious for us all when we leave and we go on to the next life. Back home. He looked on their burdens as one that that not only pitied him, but was resolved to venture with them. And if occasion were to venture For them, he gives a specimen of the great things he was afterwards to do for God and his Israel in two little instances related, particularly by Stephen, Acts 7, verse 23, and designed to show how their fathers had always resisted the Holy Ghost, verse 51, even in Moses himself. When he first appeared as their deliverer, willfully shutting their eyes against this daybreak of their enlargement, he found himself, no doubt, under a divine direction and impulse in what he did, and that he was in an extraordinary manner called of God to do it. Now observe, and uh, I keep telling people about discipleship, you can't just do it, you have to wait for the the Lord to call you. He says, I will call you at an appointed time. So he'll call you because he's predestined you for a time such as this. Wait for him to call you and I promise you he will walk you every step of the way. Moses was afterwards to be employed in a plaguing the Egyptians for the wrongs they had done for the wrongs they had done to God's Israel and as a specimen of that he killed the Egyptian who smote the Hebrew verse 11 and 12 and i keep telling people jesus bloodline is from shem which is a hebrew go look in the bible about what the lord looks like hair white as wool skin the color of brass eyes like fire eyes like fire the skin the color of brass he is of the shem shem is the bloodline of jesus the 12 tribes of israel but we are all grafted in. We are all Israel. It says, And as a specimen of that, he killed the Egyptian who smote the Hebrew. Verse 11 and 12. Probably it was one of the Egyptian taskmakers who, whom he found abusing his Hebrew slave. A relation as some think of Moses, a man of the same tribe. It was by special warrant from heaven, which makes not a precedent in ordinary cases, that Moses slew the Egyptian and rescued his oppressed brother. The Jews' tradition is that he did not slay him with any weapon, but as Peter slew Ananas and Sapphira with the word of his mouth, his hiding him in the sand signified hereafter Pharaoh and all his Egyptians should under the control of the rod of Moses be buried in the sand of the Red Sea. His taking care to execute this justice privately when no man saw was a piece of needful prudence and caution. It being but an essay, and perhaps his faith was as yet weak, and what he did was with some hesitation. Those who come to be of great faith yet begin with a little, and at first spoke trembling. Moses was afterwards to be employed in governing Israel, and as a specimen of this, we have him here trying to end the controversy between the two Hebrews in which he is forced, as he did afterwards for 40 years, to suffer their manners. Observe here. Verse 13, The unhappy quarrel which Moses observed between the two Hebrews. It does not appear that it was the occasion, but whatever it was, it was certainly very unseasonable for Hebrews to strive with one another when they were all oppressed and ruled with rigor by the Egyptians. Had they not beating enough from the Egyptians, but they must beat one another. <clears throat> no, even sufferings in common do not always unite God's professing people to one another so much as one might reasonably expect. When God raises up instruments of salvation for the church, they will find enough to do not only with the oppressing Egyptians to restrain them, but with quarrelsome Israelites to, re- to reconcile them. The way he took up the dealing with them, he marked him that caused the division, that did wrong, and mightily reasoned with them. Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? The injurious Egyptian was killed, the injurious Hebrew was only reprimanded, for what the former did from a rooted malice. What the latter did, we may suppose, was only upon a sudden provocation. The wise God makes, and according to his example, all wise governors make, a difference between one offender and another, according to the several qualities of the same offense. Moses endeavored to make them friends, a good office. Thus we find Christ often reproving his disciples' strife. For he was a prophet like unto Moses, a healing prophet, a peacemaker, who visited... Sorry, I missed my spot. The reproof Moses gave on this occasion may still be of use. Wherefore, smitest thou thy fellow. Smiting our fellows is bad in any, especially in Hebrew, smiting with tongue or hand, either in the way of persecution or in the way of strife and contention. Consider the person thou smitest. It is thy fellow, thy fellow creature, thy fellow Christian. It is thy fellow servant, thy fellow... Sufferer, consider the cause. Wherefore the smitest? Perhaps it is for no cause at all, or no just cause, or none worth speaking of. Verse fourteen: the ill success of his attempt. He said, "Who made thee a prince?" When he, when he uh, killed him, and the two found out, they said, "Who made thee a prince?" Basically, who made you judge or executioner? He that did the wrong thus quarreled with Moses. The injured party, it should seem, was inclinable enough to peace, but the wrongdoer was thus touchy. It is a sign of guilt to be impatient of reproof, and it is often easier to persuade the injured to bear the trouble of taking wrong than the injuries to bear the conviction of having done wrong. It was very wise and mild proof which Moses gave to this quarrelsome Hebrew, but he could not bear it. He kicked against the pricks and crossed questions with the reprover. He challenges his authority. Who made thee a prince? A man needs no great authority for giving of a friendly reproof. It is an act of kindness. Yet this man needs, will interpret it in an act of dominion and represents his reprover of imperious and assuming Thus, when people dislike good discourse or seasonable admonition, they will call it preaching as if a man could not speak a word for God and against sin. But he took too much upon him. Excuse me. Yet Moses was indeed a prince and a judge and knew it and thought the Hebrews would have understood it and struck in with him. But they stood in their own light and thrust him away. He unbraided him with what he had done, killing the Egyptian. Remember he said, Indeedest thou to kill me? See what base constructions malice puts upon the best words and actions. Moses, for reproving him, is immediately charged with a design to kill him. An attempt upon his sin was interpreted an attempt upon his life. And his having killed the Egyptian was thought sufficient to, to justify the suspicion as if Moses made no difference between an Egyptian and a Hebrew. If Moses, to write an injured Hebrew, had put his life in his hand and slain the Egyptian, he ought therefore to have submitted to him, not only as a friend to the Hebrews, but as a friend that had more than ordinary power and zeal. But he throws that in his teeth as a crime, which was bravely done and was indeed as a specimen of of promised deliverance if the Hebrews had taken the hint and come into Moses as their head and captain it is probable that they would have been delivered now but despising their deliverer their deliverance was justly deferred and their bondage prolonged 40 years as afterwards their despising Canaan kept them out of it 40 years more I would and you would not note Men know not what they do, nor what enemies they are to their own interest. When they resist and despise faithful reproofs and reprovers, when the Hebrews strove with Moses, God sent him away into Midian and they never heard of him for 40 years. Thus, the things that belong to their peace were hidden from their eyes because they knew not the day of their visitation. As to Moses, We may look on it as a great damp and discouragement to him. He was now choosing to suffer affliction with the people of God and embracing the reproach of Christ. And now at his first setting out to meet with his affliction and reproach from them was a very sore trial of his resolution. He might have said, if this be the spirit of the Hebrews, I will go to court again and be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. First, we must take heed of being prejudiced against the ways and the people of God by the follies and of some particular persons that profess religion. Secondly, it is no new thing for the church's best friends to meet with a great deal of opposition and discouragement in their healing, saving attempts, even from their own mother's children. Christ himself was set at naught by the builders and is still rejected by those he would save. The flight of Moses to Midian, in consequence, the affront given him thus far proved a kindness to him. It gave him understanding that his killing the Egyptian was discovered, and so he had time to make his escape. Otherwise, the wrath of Pharaoh might have surprised him and taken him off. God can overrule even the strife of tongues, so as one way or other to bring good to his people out of it. Information was brought to Pharaoh. And it is well, if it was not brought by the Hebrew himself, whom Moses reproved. Of his killing the Egyptian, warrants are presently out for the apprehending of Moses, which obliged him to shift for his own safety by flying into the land of Midian. Moses did this out of a prudent care of his own life. If this be his forsaking of Egypt, which the apostle refers to as done by faith, it teaches us that when we are at any time in trouble and danger for doing our duty, the grace of faith will be of good use to take us in taking proper methods for our own preservation. Yet there it is said, he feared not the wrath of the king. Here it is said, he feared, verse 14, he did not fear with the fear of dissident defendants and amazement which weakens and has torment but with fear of diligence which quickened him to take that way which providence opened to him for his own preservation god ordered it for the wise and the holy ends things were not yet right for israel's deliverance the measure of egypt's iniquity was not yet full think about the times we're in the hebrews were not sufficiently humbled nor were they yet increased to such a multitude as god designed notice he said they weren't sufficiently humbled yet nor were they yet increased to such a multitude as god's design moses is to be further fitted for the service so he's building moses up even more therefore is directed to withdraw for the presence till the time to favor israel even the set time should come God guided Moses to Midian because the Midianites were of the seed of Abraham and retained the worship of the true God among them so that he might have not only a safe, but a comfortable setting among them. And through his country, he was afterwards to lead Israel with which that he might do it better. He now had the opportunity of making himself acquainted. He came. He sat down by the well tried and thoughtful at a loss and waiting to see which providence would direct him. It was a great change with him since he was, but the other day at ease in Pharaoh's court. Thus God tried his faith and it was found to praise and honor. So that's Exodus two. I did a little bit different. Um, Like I said, I want to do a series. I want you to understand What times we're in. Remember, it says the last days will be like the days of Noah. So you can go back to Genesis and and then the Exodus, the great Exodus. We're leaving the world, right? We're leaving Egypt. We're coming out of her and God's testing us. He's trying us. He's building our faith. He's taking us in a wilderness season so we can see what we were under. This whole great lie and delusion, this world that we think that we're a part of, but we're not. The Lord says, I knew you before the foundations were built. So just like Jesus came down in the flesh, he breathes us, our our spirit, life into our mother's wombs. We're born into sin because of Adam and Eve and we got to be converted and he wants to bring us out from the world to become an overcomer, to become an overcomer, long suffering, trials and tribulations. Long suffering is salvation. You start with believing, but you take your cross up every day and you follow Him. And you continue to follow Him. And the more truth that He puts on you, the more things He tells you to do starts to grow your obedience and faith in Him. And you continue to grow and grow until you're ultimately on the rock of God and nothing can shake you. God has something planned for all of you. For something more glorious than we can even imagine to be with our Lord and Savior forever never to be separated again in our glorious bodies so go back read chapters one and two if you didn't pray about it ask the Lord to help you interpret it I know I didn't read exactly verse verse by verse in the Bible uh, but I will do that when I come back to chapter three I just kind of wanted to break this down different because it was more about Moses being born and Basically what happened with the Egyptians and his mom and basically getting his faith ready and building him up until the Hebrew Israelites had been humbled. So he's humbling us, he's really humbling us and he's going to keep us at a humbled state because when you get up top and you get prideful you don't never seek the Lord. Remember the Israelites that were brought out of Egypt by Moses, they continued to complain. They wanted to go back into slavery and they kept dropping off, dropping off. We can't complain. We got to continue to look, watch and wait for the glorious appearance of our Redeemer as he is coming. So God bless you guys. Share this message um, and keep coming back. I'll come back and do uh, chapter three, hopefully tomorrow. I hope this encouraged you guys. Like I said, take it to the Lord. Pray on it. Meditate on it and put yourself in there because all these people... In the book, these are not stories. These are testimonies of things that happen. So God bless you guys. I hope you have a great night.